We're on Hollywood Boulevard. Hello, Doug. Hello, Karen. Hello, listeners. Happy end of June. Uh, we were saying on our other podcast, we can't believe we're here already. Can't believe we're at the midpoint of 2022. And there were times where it seemed like we would never, ever, ever get there. But here we are. Yeah. Here we are and driving along. We Winter. are. So what have you got to talk about today? I can talk about a movie I saw. What movie? I went over to Apple TV or Apple TV Plus or whatever it's called. And I saw a movie called Cha-Cha Real Smooth, um, which was apparently a big hit at Sundance earlier this year. And then Apple picked it up. And um, I guess it's the second film, but it's kind of the arrival of a writer, director, actor named Cooper Rafe, who is a young, uh, I think 24, 25 year old, uh, uh, filmmaker from Texas who, um, you know, has, uh, made a really assured, uh, I can't call it a debut, but I guess a second movie. Have you heard of it? I want to say I have heard have. of it. I have heard of it, but I haven't heard much about it. I just have kind of heard it like around you know what yeah. i mean like like i'm like oh okay i've heard of that i've heard of that but i don't know much about it so he plays a character named david who's a fairly recent college graduate lives at home with his mom and stepdad leslie mann and brad garrett it's one of those things he's like trying to find his place he's not really looking too hard but he just finds adulting miserable um and uh, he ends up taking a job as a uh, le- like a uh, like a party host. He he lives in North Jersey, and he you know like I, he's typically he's not a he's not quite a DJ, but he's typically the party starter for a series of bar mitzvahs. Doesn't quite make sense to me because it seems to be the same group of people who all know each other. And I'm like, well, you might have different groups of people if you're just playing a bar mitzvah circuit over a period of time. Um, but it does seem to be almost like almost like a town center or, or high school rather than like a fancy venue, like a big hotel or something. At any rate, he's a party starter for a bunch of bar mitzvahs. And that's where, and he's there with uh, his younger brother, who's about eight years younger, 13 years old. Really, the kid really looks up to uh, David. And um, while the two of them are at the first in a series of these bar mitzvahs, the kid meets this uh, teenage girl named Lola, who is autistic. Um, so, so misreads some social cues is a little socially awkward and David immediately knows how to be good to her and look after her, which draws the attention of Lola's mother, um, whose name is Domino and who is played by Dakota Johnson. Um, Dakota Johnson, the Domino character is taken with David, but they don't quite embark on a relationship um instead she asks him to help look after her daughter she herself is in a serious relationship with a uh a lawyer who's frequently out of town okay um so it's not what i thought it was going to be because not knowing much about the movie i thought it was going to be oh it's some sort of relationship thing with with the two of these and it's not about a romance between the two of them though they clearly 
share a very significant bond and have a lot of sort of personal wounds that they find the other heals. Um, but the way they behave is kind of a little messy because neither of them knows exactly what they want or, or what they're doing. The, I haven't seen this anywhere. I don't know if anyone else has said this. Um, at first glance, it doesn't seem like an obvious forebear, but I actually found this to be very similar to Garden State. The Zach Braff movie oh, with Natalie yeah, Portman that from would, 20 that almost sense. years ago. Yeah. Similar in that, you know, kind of a lost soul, still at a relatively young age, you know, meeting other people who are also figuring stuff out and helping each other come to terms with life. Not, not terrible things, not big problems, just life stuff. You know, David's thing is he really wants to work at a nonprofit. He's a good guy. He wants to do good things. And sometimes he acts like a young 20-year-old. Um, sometimes he, he screws up. And, um, and, and so the film is very generous in showing, in showing him, you know, his flaws. The film is also very generous in, in loving its leading man. So Cooper Rafe loves showing Cooper Rafe on camera, looking as good as he possibly can in a variety of scenes. He ends up filming him very, you know, like very telegenically, you know, like his smile, <laughs> the I hair. Directing the myself, way, I would yeah, do it too. The way, the way he's dancing, like everything he says and does ends up just looking like a dream. I know. Well, um, that's what I would do so yeah. if I was the director. I would make myself look damn good. <laughs> and he does. I mean, it is a, it is a prime example of self-indulgence um but he knows how to make a good movie i i tell him that and um uh i think her name is odea rush um is uh the name of lola dakota johnson's daughter she's excellent she's she's really really good no wait i lied i looked it up Vanessa Burghardt is her name. Odea Rush is the other actress in the movie who's like a friend with benefits character um, that doesn't really get too um, filled out too much. Um, So I don't know. This film is like a solid B, B minus. I expect to see a lot more from Cooper Rafe because if he's already selling stuff at Sundance to Apple, um, then he's already got all the connections in the world. So he's he's doing pretty good. I'll be curious to see what his next movie or two are like. I do want to say I have I, I don't think I ever had much of an opinion one way or the other on Dakota Johnson. Um I've liked stuff she's been in in the past. I don't know if I've always given her enough credit for being much of a presence in those things she was doing. Um, but then I saw her in The Lost Daughter, the Maggie Gyllenhaal movie that she and Olivia Coleman were in um, last winter. And I thought she was really good in that. Mm-hmm. And again, I think she's pretty good here. Here, she's given less to do because again, Cooper Rafe is spending most of the movie making Cooper Rafe look really good. And I think she's doing everything she can to support him. And I think as a result, she ends up looking very good on her own, but not because of maybe what he's giving her to work with. It's more about the Domino character validating the David character. Um, And so in other words, long, long story short, Dakota Johnson impresses me now. Okay. All right. Um, So, yeah. 
that was cool. that was Cha Cha Real Smooth, and you can find it on on Apple TV. I actually might watch it. That sounds that actually sounds good. I mean, I enjoyed it. Everything I've said in no way should deter you from watching it, uh, especially if you already get the, the streaming platform. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I expect to hear more from him um, before long. Cool. What about so- you? Oh, well, you know, I think, okay, so it's so funny because you actually mentioned um, in, in, uh, on the block, you mentioned the, the series that I wanted to talk about um, a bit. I, I kind of want to talk a bit more about Tony Collette more in general, but I've been watching The Staircase, which you mentioned. Right. Um, Alyssa and I have seen all of it. Yeah. Okay. I, I've seen almost all of it. I'm not quite done. Um, but I saw it kind of like, and, and I also watched pieces of her, which is on Netflix. Oh and it is yeah. 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 The Karen slaughter novel, uh, thriller brought to the screen. And I, and I love Tony Collette and I haven't seen her in anything in a really long time. And I know that that doesn't necessarily mean that she hasn't been working, but it means that she hasn't been talked about. Like, and, and according to IMDb, she's been working. So, you know, it's not like she hasn't been working, but like, she's not being, the work isn't being talked about. Um, and so that's, I guess for, I don't know, whatever reason. Um, oh, she was in Nightmare Alley. I didn't even realize. Yeah. That. Yeah. And you did okay. see that, right? I did see that. Yeah. Okay. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. And I'm like, wait, she was in that. I don't remember, but she was. Anyway, it's nice to see her in these leading roles again. Yeah, and she, um, God, I want to say I saw her in something else fairly recently, but it could be because time has no meaning uh, mm-hmm. that I'm just, you know, it all blends together. But yes, we watched her in The Staircase and we watched her in Unbelievable, which was on Netflix maybe two or three years ago. Okay. And she was also in that Netflix movie, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which also includes Jesse Buckley, who was in The Lost Daughter, and Jesse Plemons, who was also nominated this year for uh, uh, Power of the Dog. Um, And I know she had another show also on Netflix called Wanderlust that I had wanted to see and never got around to. Um, So she's doing some things, but... They're definitely not getting primo exposure. Yeah, which I and I was a little bit surprised. I could see pieces of her was not my favorite, but she was great. But that was the the show itself was okay. I thought the acting, the performances were fantastic, but the the show was eh. Um, and I have not read the book, but I understand the book was kind of eh too. Um, but I thought the staircase, like I thought, it was really good. Have you and seen maybe, all of it? Uh, not all of it. Um, okay. I'm, I'm like six episodes in. Oh, yeah. You've seen a lot of it then. Yeah. Um, but it's a hell of a cast. It's yeah, a fascinating it's a story. I like the way they're telling it. Um, I'm, I'm just, and it's another one of those things. I'm a little surprised that it hasn't gotten a little bit more attention. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's suffered from, you know, TV fatigue. I mean, there's been such a deluge right at the end of the season when it, debuted because i think it started in early may um and i just think there were so many things vying for the exact same audience and all the attention and um this one didn't break through 
No, it didn't. Which I think um, is unfortunate because, I, like I said, it's you know it's got Colin Firth playing Michael Peterson. This is based on a true crime that mm-hmm. happened, like like the original true crime in a sense inspiration. Uh, yeah, and um, and I guess uh, Michael Peterson, I guess, was a novelist, mm-hmm. um, and 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 turned like sort of local politician for wherever it is that they live where do they north carolina it's durham i think north carolina right it's durham durham right 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 but he kind of has a secret life because he's bisexual and you know and so he has a lot and he has lots of secrets yeah he does have a lot of secrets he has a lot of secrets and one of which is bisexuality well his wife ends up dead she's fallen down the stairs or they don't know they and she and but has she fallen down the stairs basically he's brought up goes to trial for her murder and so the but but what i thought was really interesting is this isn't just a true crime show tv show it's actually there was a documentary crew that came on board to from france to sort of do a documentary on what was going on and so it's actually a tv show about the making of the documentary about the true crime so it's sort of meta and and I think it does. That, it does know? introduce this whole meta thing because beyond that, the director of the documentary got infatuated with Michael Peterson, and then eventually became romantically involved with him. Yeah, and so she becomes a part of the story, which of course that part wasn't told because it all happened after the airing of the original TV series. Um, so this show tries to introduce all of that. So I thought that that was like a really fascinating premise because I feel like people just kind of stop at the, you know, at the trial and, and this goes a lot deeper. And of course yeah. there's more to the story. It happened like 20 years earlier, somebody that he knew died suspiciously in the same way and in Germany and was it connected and, you know, so, and, and it's this sort of like patchwork family because the, not all the kids yeah, are Yeah, it's the real and, yours, mine, and ours kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's a wonderful cast. It's got like Juliette Binoche, Michael Stuhlbarg, Patrick, uh, surprisingly Patrick Schwarzenegger, who is quite good in this. Yeah. Um, you know, Sophie Turner, as well as, you know, Tony Collette. Oh, I think she's very good. Yeah. She's wonderful. And Colin Firth, who is Michael Peterson. Uh, Colin Firth is fantastic. In he it. is fantastic. And again, another one I feel like I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, if I think about it, I bet I can conjure up other stuff that that he's done. Um, But it doesn't come to mind as easily as Tony Collette, certainly. But here's the thing about Tony Collette. If you're on social media enough, then you never stop hearing about her. Really? Because there is a whole Tony Collette army that holds her up as the great actress of her generation. And not only that... But there's a subset of that that uh, is really clamoring for her to come to Broadway and be like the musical actress who will simply save all of theater. Really? Tony Collette, who has done one musical, which you don't really have to be a tried and true singer for, 23 years ago, The the Wild Party. Um, And yet people are like, bring her back. She has to do MAME. Do Sweeney Todd with her. She should come in and do XYZ. I mean, they basically say like everything except for Miss Saigon, put her in. Um, And the thing is like, she's not even a proven singer. But anyway, uh, there's a huge, passionate, loud fan base uh, on social media for Toni Collette. And I think the clincher it, is uh, the movie Hereditary that she did like five years ago, the horror movie. Okay. Okay. I don't know if you saw it, but fans are ravenous about that movie and about her. 
I did not know that. I guess I am not on social media enough. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm which tells me that you're on it exactly the right amount. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I mean, I think I. You know, I have a picture of me with her. I should find it, and um, I don't know. Put it on our website. But um, yeah, I mean, I think she's very good. Uh, I. I actually think she's been underused in a lot of the projects she's been in. Like in the movie, I'm thinking of ending things. She's the mother and it's a significant role, but it's not a huge role. Um, It's not a huge role in Nightmare Alley, though in the version, the original that it remakes, I think that character who's then played by Joan Blondell is the best thing about the movie. Um, I just think there's so much more that other people are doing in in the remake. Um, she kind of fades away, and and then you think, oh, in the staircase, her character is the one who's dead, who's found at the bottom of the staircase. So how much can she do? But there's tons of flashbacks, and there's also tons of hypotheticals about what really happened. Yeah, or what conjecture about what could have happened as part those of those were harrowing yeah by the yeah, way they really go there yeah, yeah they get really violent and i was i'm like oh yeah um and, and so she ends up being much more of a principal character than you might expect to the point where you know one of the things i do like about the show is that it it does allow her to be the lead in her own story you know, usually if you're the murder victim, you're yeah. important, but you don't get to be the lead because it's everyone else talking about you. Um, and I, you know, I have some problems structurally with the staircase. I think some of the stuff with the documentary filmmakers could have been fleshed out a little bit. I think some of the stuff about the kids gets a little confusing and cumbersome. But I think the idea of we keep getting to revisit the dead woman. And therefore, in a sense, give her more life is an astute decision. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I, I, Tony Collette. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, she's in one of my other favorite movies from the last couple of years. Um, she's in Knives Out, the first one. I saw that. Why do I? I do not remember her in it. She, I think aren't she Michael Shannon and Jamie Lee Curtis, maybe the three children of Christopher Walk uh, not Walk, of um Christopher Plummer? Maybe. Oh my god, why don't I remember? But again, I feel like she's the one who has the least to do. Whereas when you see Tony Collette, I expect so this is gonna be a big role. And it's yeah. it's not as prominent, which I uh, I think you might be onto something. Yeah. Anyway. I'm glad to hear she's been kicking around because I didn't realize that. So the good news is she's working. Yeah. The bad news is she seems to be falling into the Netflix trap, which is you never know what the hell that they are uh, releasing on their platform. Well, you know, and I think that that's kind of, I think that's a promotion issue, right? I I think. Yeah, totally. They have too much content and they don't. Yeah. Yeah. I really think that that's where Netflix is falling down. It's sort of like, it kind of reminds me of the way that like the big five publishers work. Where, yeah, like, they yeah. have their sort of, like, their big-name authors that they go all out for with marketing. And then all of, like, the, the mid-list authors and the, you know, they, they kind of fall to the side and they don't get any love. And so they're sort of, like, left to their own devices to find their audience. Um, I, I kind of feel like Netflix is doing that with their properties. I think 100%. You're exactly right. That's what they're doing. 
you know, and I, and I think, I mean, I, I mean, part of it is like, I, I hate to say it because, you know, now I am a member, but like the media is kind of like, oh, shiny object. You know what I mean? Like they only want to talk yeah. about Stranger Things or they only want, you know what I mean? They're so. Or Squid Game. That's all. Or that's Squid Game. All, or, yeah. yeah. Like they have like these blinders on to like other things that are out there. And I get it. Like, you know, Stranger Things is going to give you clicks. Stranger Things is like part of the cultural conversation. So you can be in it, you know, and, and everybody wants to be in the cultural conversation. But then you end up missing some really great work because you're so involved in talking about the one thing that everybody else is talking about. Yeah, uh, but it, it, yeah, you could be more dutiful, I suppose, as part of the media. But, you know, that's rare that it happens like that. What Netflix is doing I mean, just... is greenlights. I mean, it greenlights everything, but it lets all of its content cannibalize itself. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, you could say that about Disney. You could say that about Apple. You could say but that they about don't have ne- But they don't have nearly the same amount of content. It's the other ones, even Hulu, have like 10%. Of, of what Netflix releases on a weekly basis. It's just too much. And obviously it's to their detriment because they're drowning. Um, but yeah, they there's stuff I don't even know about that's there. And I'm pretty inquisitive when it comes to trying to find the things that I think will be good. I also think the problem is having the algorithm, right? Like, oh yeah, well, their interface. I think all of the interfaces on oh, the interface, all of these right. platforms it, suck, it, but the Netflix get... interface really does suck if you want to find something. And you know what is terrible? Like, uh, like Paramount's app makes um, HBO's look fabulous. I mean, it makes HBO look like a genius. That that's how Meanwhile, bad Paramount's I, Amazon app is. probably sucks the most. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, here. Oh God! I had the thing in my head, and it was really smart, and it just—oh, it'll come back. Oh no! I already tell you it is smart, and I'll just—I'll just listen to it later when you remember it. <laughs> I know you had a really salient point, and it was great. I had such a great point, and then I got sidetracked by the how bad the apps are. Um, wait. So let's go. Go. Oh, so the, we were oh, that's about what Netflix, it was. Oh, right, right. Yeah, the the algorithm, right? Like, it it is. Remember going to Blockbuster. Oh my and god, just, I talk about this all the time. And just like walking up and down the aisles and just there was there was discovery, right? There, there that's was exactly that, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. You know, where you're but gonna, you could see it all. Yes. You could picture whatever they had, you could see it all and find out what it was and find figure out what you wanted. You could read the description. You could see who you, you could touch you could flip it over, you read the description, see who was in it. And and, you know, it was all separated by genre. So, like, you weren't completely, like, it wasn't, like, wa- walking into chaos. But you well, could be, like, except for the new releases. Well, yeah. Yeah. Except for the new releases. But, Which is where know, I always went first. See, I, a lot of times I would go, I would go look for, like, the obscure things. And that's what I, I had probably there. already seen the obscure things on yeah. cable is why. But, so, so, you know, but, but you had this discoverability. And there were so many movies. And I probably never would have watched if I, if I, if we had an algorithm dictating what, what they were going to show us. And I think that, and that makes me really, really angry, you know, with this whole algorithm thing, because it's making these assumptions that this is what you're going to like. Yeah. And yes, I do for the most part like it, but like there are other things I like too, that I would like an opportunity. I would like the one to say, now I'm not interested in that. Yeah. Instead of the algorithm doing it for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I think about that often. How how I miss that element of the good old days. Um, I and I also remember um, like sitting and waiting by the register for all the people that were dropping off the mm. things just to see what you were waiting for but had been rented out might be coming back in that sort of thing yeah i miss all of that and it all comes down to a sense of discovery absolutely yeah yeah i and i don't get that same sense of discovery necessarily when i'm on when i'm on one of these platforms no the the chase really made you more interested in what you watched and it made you less complacent i think as a watcher yeah yeah it did it absolutely did. So anyway, um, but yeah, two thumbs up for for the staircase. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. And you you've got like two episodes left, I think. I think. Okay. Yeah, I don't have many episodes left. We're almost there. Yeah, I think it. Was, I think there was eight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, and we loved Michael Stuhlbarg especially. Yes, yeah. he was. Great. Um, but yeah, Colin Firth really is like like you've never seen him before, and it's a really confident performance that I do think more people should have been talking about. Oh, you know who Michael Stuhlbarg reminded me of? Um, his performance. Oh shit! In the Klaus von Bülow. Oh, um, that's so. Yes, because I was reversal of fortune. That's yes. exactly the reference point we used when we were watching the staircase, especially the way they bring in the legal team and you review their strategy. And there's also a lot about class um, with uh, Michael and his wife and all of the kids and the mistakes they make and how some of their shit gets cleaned up. There's so there, it's very analogous to reversal of fortune. Yeah, yeah, and, and Ron Silver played Alan Dershowitz. He's Dershowitz, yeah. And, and, and there was actually, there was like a serious similarity between Ron Silver and... Um, oh, and Stuhlbarg. Stuhlbarg? Yeah, which I thought oh, was interesting. really interesting. Yeah, I see yeah. that. Yeah, I felt like there was a real similarity there, so... Yeah. Yeah, oh, that reminds me, uh, speaking of Michael Stuhlbarg, we also saw Doctor Strange, the new one, uh, in the multiverse that's on Disney+, Plus, I think, now. Mm. The Ben and the Cumberbatch one. Um, I kind of liked it. And I liked it more than I thought I would. So I'll just put a brief plug out there. I'm not the hugest fan of the Marvel Universe. And I think it's now truly diminishing returns. Um, but this one, I thought, was a little a little bit more fun, a little bit fresher. Uh, and I don't know if you've heard much about it, but it's directed by Sam Raimi. So it tracks along a little bit more as a horror movie or a thriller than than other Marvel fair does. Um, and I was, I, I was glad to have seen it as a result. Okay. Um, I didn't, I think I saw a bit of the first one and did not like it at all. Well, so. I didn't like the first one. Alyssa hated the first one. Yeah. Um, but we were pleasantly surprised. It's, this one is an improvement. Uh, and I'm not still not crazy about, you know, the Elizabeth Olsen character of Wanda and the Scarlet Witch is the big antagonist here. And I don't really think that works, but there are fun choices made along the way there are, that I appreciated. Um, and anyway, Michael Stuhlbarg has like the teeniest, tiniest part in it, but but I remembered that we watched that this weekend as well. But he's there. <laughs> but he's there. I also saw something else this week, and I don't always do this. Uh, usually shows debut or are dropped, and it takes us a while to get to them. But on Hulu, we watched a new show that dropped, The Bear, the very first and second day it was available. Yeah, I want to watch that. I'd heard such raves about this show that yep. I think I may have oversold it to myself a little bit. Oh, no, really? Because I think it's good. 
I just don't know that it's offering me anything I haven't seen. But it's a solid show about a guy who is a fancy chef from like the high-end world of international dining. Uh, and he returns to Chicago to run his family's sandwich shop after his brother's suicide. He takes over the role of his brother. Um, so we've got, you know, like working class Chicago people. We've got, you know, food service. We've got, you know, the overzealous chef kind of culture. We've got um, family dealing with loss of a loved one. We have these established themes running through this show. I'm not sure it, it deals with any of those themes in a truly fresh way. But what it does, it does well. You know, it's a really hyperkinetic show. It's in constant motion. It really, I think, does kind of simulate well what it's like to work, you know, as a chef in a kitchen, um, to be a short order cook, that sort of thing. Uh, I think I think it recreates that really well. And all the actors are very good. Jeremy Allen White is the lead actor. Carmi, also known as The Bear. Um, and he's best known from Shameless, another Chicago show. And um, the other thing the show does really well is create uh, an additional protagonist, a young uh, aspiring chef who kind of take, takes it on herself to assert her way and to help running the kitchen. Um, and uh, her character is Sydney. She's played by Ayo Edebiri. And that's actually a really sterling performance. She's great. Um and another actor who's done some some really quality TV work recently, but who I know from New York theater, Eben Moss Backrack. Um, he was on Girls. Uh, he he also plays another one of um, the sandwich shop employees. You know, it's it's a really solid cast. It's it's really solid chock a block filmmaking. I definitely recommend it. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I was told it was going to be something more. I appreciate the sum of all of its parts. It's a solid thumb up. Um, but I thought this might be a show that was just going to take me by surprise and I was going to fall in love with it. And I didn't quite. Mm. But you know what I'm still hopelessly in love with? What? Euphoria. <laughs> so sometimes there's just no knowing. Sometimes I surprise myself. Oh my god so you're still enjoying it yeah we're now uh like halfway through the second season it's one of the best acted shows i've seen i can't say that zendaya is among those that's making it the best acted show but she's fine but there's like five or six other actors that in a different world with different kinds of campaigning they would all be uh emmy nominees and uh and they all kind of had to win me over and they all did very quickly so so you know i call it when I see it and uh, and I have to like give so many props to Euphoria. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. The Bear is still a show I, I recommend and I do think you'll like it. I just am not sure that I'm getting anything new out of it, which okay. is okay. Okay. And then I went to the theater. <laughs> well, I went to a theater. And what did you see? I saw a show called and i've got to say it the way they say it on the stage okay titanic (laughs) because i saw a show called titanic at what used to be the upright citizens brigade theater which means it's uh, a really tiny 
basement theater under a Gristides in Chelsea. Um, it's a show that does two things. It is a Céline Dion jukebox musical, um, and it is also like a spoof of Titanic. The movie, and? which is about to turn 25. I mean, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And I've spoken on this before. I'm a fan of Celine Dion's songs. I saw her in concert just before the shutdown happened. Um, but, you know, this is, this is, yes, there are actors and talented as hell actors on equity contracts appearing. And yes, it is technically in a theater. So I guess it is theater. But it's not really theater. Um, this is a big, like, bachelorette party show. Okay. This oh, is, and I know, see they, they stunt-casted Frankie Grande in it. Yeah, I mean, is he a big enough name to be considered stunt-casting? Mm, I guess. I mean, kind of. I mean, he's got a huge uh, social media following, and, you know, I'm sure his sister is, you know, promoting. I, I guess. I wouldn't be shocked if she didn't. But... Uh, yeah, but yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is yeah, so this is easy to sit through, a lot of fun. There is a uh, an open bar. We had people sitting all around us, getting up five or six times over the course of the show's 110 minutes. Oh my god! To get like more white claws or whatever it is the kids drink these days. <laughs> I mean, like this is yeah, this show is a scene. Um, the you know the the, the bare bones summary is people are taking a tour of the Titanic Museum and Celine Dion comes out and says that she was there on the Titanic. And so it's a reason for her to narrate her version of the events of the, the, the James Cameron movie. Um, so we have different people cast as um, those characters from that movie. Uh, and some of the actors are great. I mean, Kathy Deitch is a great musical theater actress and so she plays Kathy Bates's Molly Brown. Um you know Ryan Duncan has been around forever in some really funny things and he is playing essentially in drag the Francis Fisher's ca- Fish- Fisher character <laughs> of Kate Winslet's mom. Um and so yeah the playing Celine Dion is Marla Mindell who's actually a really great musical actress and she's got a terrific voice. All of the um uh, the Celine impersonations and the French accenting she has down and um, she nails the songs, but the rest of the cast also takes turns singing, you know, the part of the, the Celine Dion catalog and, you know, belting is putting it mildly, but, you know, they, they sing to the high heavens and, you know, they sing the crap out of those songs and they're clearly giving the audience exactly what they want. Cause you know, they can't sit still the whole time. Again, easy to watch, easy to like. I like the music, easy to sing along with, all of that in a, you know, pretty teeny tiny space. Um and funnily enough, you mentioned Frankie Grande, he plays among other characters the Titanic's captain. But at one point, he's not on stage and I look to my left, which is where the bar is, and he's picking up a drink and just drinking and watching the show himself. Oh, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, what am I going to say? It's not splitting the atom. There's very little, uh, uh, of surprise here. It does make me realize the more they poke holes at the movie, how, and yeah, it's a, it's a frequently or was a frequently derided screenplay, but how much in the movie works for what the movie is trying to do. Um, and, uh, 
you know, you know, a lot of the really like risque humor I actually thought was some of the the funniest. So what can I say? If if what I've described, Titanic, sounds like a good time to you, then it's exactly what you want. Uh, and I say you should go. The Asylum Theater, what used to be, sadly, uh, the UCB Theater. It's very much like the shows the UCB people used to do. Like I saw Amy Poehler do a send-up of Pretty in Pink 20 years ago when I first moved to town. Um, and it's it's kind of like that. Yeah, instead and that makes of sense. instead of doing the soundtrack to Pretty in Pink, you know, instead of singing to Suzanne Vega or whatever, you've just got Marla Mandel singing uh, to Celine Dion. Uh, and I can't take credit for it because Alyssa said it first. Uh, we talked about Funny Girl, the revival weeks ago, how Beanie Feldstein really wasn't doing great in it, and she's already announced that she's leaving the mm-hmm. show. Marla Mandel would be a fantastic Fanny Bryce replacement in this. Mm. Um, I she's think she's got her own show, Titanic. Well, yes, this show could <laughs> could run forever. You're right. Is it a limited run, or is her, it her show will go on? I don't think it's limited. No, I don't. I think it's an open run. Oh, well, it says limited run through September. So oh, maybe okay. if enough maybe. of you go, if enough of you listen and go, yeah, anything is possible. Um, yeah, I mean, I sound it actually sounds kind of fun. You don't see too many it's, of these it's, sort of parodies it's anymore. Very, no? It's yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. So there we go. We got Ooh. um Titanic, the Bear, the Staircase, Cha Cha, real smooth. Yeah, we have uh, some options for you guys to entertain yourself with. Uh, this. I'll call it a holiday weekend. Like I said in the last one, I'm not sure what freedoms we're celebrating on Independence Day this year, but if you get the time off, do what you can. Um, I know what I will be doing for part of the weekend. Watching the second half of the Stranger Things season. And then I'll be ready to talk about it. I still have to watch the first half, so I gotta catch up. But you've seen some of it, or maybe just one episode. One or two. I think one still, but yeah, I need to catch up to you. All right. Well, I am going to go to bed. My teeth it's that hurt. time. It is that you time. guys be good. Feel good. Stay good. Have a happy fourth. And we'll be back in July to see you on the block. Take care. <laughs>